like they they advertise one match by crashing a car into one of the wrestlers. Not a total victory of Russia, which now we're seeing. This he goes on. Gigantic bag of flaccid dicks. <laughs> Sorry. Continue. Which, when you open them up, you find out that they're all cockroaches inside. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. yeah. No, I don't know if anybody else is ever going to laugh this hard at anything we Probably. say. Uh, we can actually both look out my window right now and see some very pretty yellow flowers that I'm going to be eradicating. A geek history of time where we connect nerdery to the real world i'm ed blaylock a uh, soon to be 45 year old uh world history teacher in northern california and father of a just now uh in the last month two-year-old son and you are i'm damian harmony i am a just turned 42 year old latin and world history teacher up here in northern california uh happy father of a now 10 year old who can turn re- remainders into fractions nice. on long division thank you and a seven and a half year old who has uh, identified the wilhelm scream in every star wars movie that has been made yeah because it's there in every single one of them because that's now become an in joke yeah but she's in the franchise on it. Well, she's yeah. in on it well, like, like she'll look at me and go it was there on any movie where the wilhelm scream shows up well because you're raising her right yeah exactly and, uh, yeah all right. So, what do you want to know about today? Uh, well, you know, uh, I'd like to uh, get back into what we were talking about last time mm-hmm. with uh, Steve Rogers. Yeah, you know, it's funny. And uh, his his connection to, uh, you know, Roosevelt's programs in the, in the 30s. Okay. 30s. Funny you had mentioned that. Because yeah. uh, last time we talked about the CCC, we talked about Len Lease. Yes. Talked about how a lot of people were unfit for service. Cheers. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we've started drinking on the show uh, because <laughs> well, two we're talking. Of us have. Yes, because we're talking about an Irish Catholic man. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so he's, you know, because so. you know Steve Rogers, of course, is about the only Irish Catholic who, who didn't doesn't drink. Actually, drink. Now you see why um, I like him. You know. <laughs> <laughs> so so uh, we Louisville, talked about how Irish Catholic. There you go. You know, between so, the know, three of us. Between the three of us, we've got it all yeah. covered, you know. Uh, so, um, the CCC uh, made it so that men were no longer unfit for service. Because prior to it, as you recall, roughly seven out of ten would have been considered malnourished. But we talked about dropping standards because you need to fill the ranks. Well, yeah. So, so I have a question about Go that. for it. So, the, the seven out of ten mm-hmm. would have qualified as being malnourished. Yes. They would have been labeled or... Qualified might be the wrong word, but they, they, mm-hmm. they would have they would have fit the, the standard for malnourished. Yes, is that mm-hmm. be, or was that because of the depression, mm-hmm. or was that just you know uh, the the distribution of resources in pre World War Two America because of you know what people were doing to make a living at being predominantly rural society? I mean, do we know? Right. How much of that can be blamed on the Depression? Uh, a fair amount, because okay. you do have soup kitchens uh, <clears throat> cropping up okay. to feed people daily. Uh, you have people doing work-a-day work. Yeah. Um, you have people burning a lot of energy, uh, and, and everybody's skinny. Okay. Um, well, not everybody. The, the teeming masses are. Yeah. Um, and you also have... Um, uh, how to put this? Yes, you have the depression. That's that's a huge part of it. And yes, it's because we're a part, uh, mostly rural society. You might remember uh, Roosevelt promised a chicken in every pot. Yes, that was considered like a ridiculous promise because back then chicken was was well, chicken was expensive. Yes, uh, I'm oh oh I'm trying. To, I did a family history interview in the eighth grade. Mm-hmm. I, I interviewed all three of my surviving grandparents at the time. Mm-hmm. And um, my grandfather, my dad's dad, uh-huh. had grown up in Iowa. Okay. And when the Depression hit, he was actually in college in Texas. Okay. And the family lost the business. They, they had run a, a men's clothing store. Okay. A haberdashery. And uh, my great-grandfather wound up working in the store that he had owned previously. Oof. But one of one of the things that it was either my grandfather or or his wife, my dad's mom, mentioned was that um, 
you know, chicken was a was a big deal. Chicken yeah. was relatively expensive. Yes. Um, and I'm trying to remember what it was. You know, they had they had poultry on a regular basis, but it wasn't chicken. I'm trying to remember if it was turkey. But there was there was a different there was she mentioned a different it must have been my grand my now now I'm hearing it and it was my grandmother that said it now it should be noted that uh, my father's mother was the uh, uh, daughter of a doctor from Long Island New York so okay. so they they were not in in her childhood they they were not poorly off right um there there were other circumstances after that but yeah so so chicken in every pot was was yeah. a big deal. And what I thought was interesting about that is I've seen videos of they had, because uh, farming was collapsing, monocropping turned it into uh-huh. dust, um, and you had rabbits just coming in droves. And they had rabbit slaughters where you have these men just wielding cudgels and they, they fence in an area and they just wade in and just smash the rabbits in the heads. I mean, wow. little bunny foo Just go, go, go. The thing is... <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> they didn't eat any of them because you did just didn't eat rabbit. I guess it was like a cultural. But rabbit was in stores at the time, so I'm like, maybe you just don't <sighs> eat hare or jackrabbit. But I'm sorry, y'all are hungry. Well, there's meat. <clears throat> yeah, well, I'll tell you what. But, um, I've having having eaten jackrabbit. Uh huh. Um, jackrabbit. Yeah. Like like wild hare. Yeah. You really, I will say. You got to find a way to cook it that will break it the hell down. It's a stew meat. Yeah, I, 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 and, I, I and understand. people are souping. Yeah, so, no, I, yeah, I know. I know. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I think, I think, I think there's a cultural thing, and I think yeah. it got in the way. Quite honestly, yeah. um, but uh, that is that does yeah. that does seem weird. But shit like that adds to malnourishment. Yeah. Ultimately, yeah. Um, so back to this fictional, yeah, yeah, yeah. fictional Irish Catholic orphan son of an immigrant uh, yeah. family. Steve Rogers, yes, uh, Stephen to his friends, uh, was a 20-year-old, 98-pound weakling uh-huh. who was deemed too scrawny for service in the military. Yeah, he was a fine arts student, graphic graphic designer, uh, or, not designer, or... just an artist, okay. a, a, a okay. painter, okay. Um, who could have sought employment under the WPA at that time. Okay, but instead, he kept trying to join the army because he was virulently anti-fascist. Well, yeah. Yeah. Did I mention that he from, was also... From, from, you know, issue number one, from the cover of issue number one. Yes. His his uh, sympathy for Antifa mm-hmm. uh, is undeniable. Yes. Did I mention he's also uh, crippled by a bout with polio as a kid? No. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Okay. So anyway, he keeps getting rejected. Finally, well, he's because overheard eight pound weakling. Yeah, yeah, he's overheard pleading with the MEPS uh, official, uh, military entrance processing station. Yeah, uh, to let him join, uh, despite being four F by General Chester Phillips, mm-hmm. um, Doctor Joseph Reinstein, later retconned to Abraham Erskine, injects him with a highly volatile and untested experimental serum called the Super Soldier Serum. And also exposes him to even more experimental things called... Vitarays. That's right. Now, once this combination is given to him, as we all know, a Nazi spy kills the doctor who hasn't fully committed the experiment to his notes. Okay, stop, stop, (laughs) stop. Okay, because that's... Here's the deal. That happens so much in (laughs) melodrama... Three color comics. We'll write know. it down later. Let's we'll write it try. down either. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah, that that happens so often. It is a it is a recognized trope. Yes. Uh, uh, something like didn't take any notes. No, no surviving research. Yep. Was that actually explicitly stated? Yes. That there's there's no time. Yes. I, I haven't I haven't been able to write it all down. We yeah. just got to do it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Times um, of the essence, and the formula is forever lost as a result. And Steve is the singular individual. Uh, yeah. Now I want to just step away for a second. Okay. It turns out he wasn't a singular individual. In later retconnings and later stories, they unpack it more because we we like our prequels now. Yeah. Uh, it turns out that Isaiah Bradley was actually one of the first super soldiers. Yes. He was uh, an African American who was experimented on. Yeah. Apparently, without before his they, knowledge. Right. Uh, apparently, before they even thought to write down notes, because yeah. at least they thought to write down notes with Steve. Yeah. Um, but like, there, there's a really interesting, cool story there. Oh yeah. We're not here for that, but it is but it worth is, it mentioning. Is worth it's picking really up cool. and reading. Yeah. yeah. Very much. Now he is Steve Rogers. At this point, is the height of human potential. 
He is stronger. He is faster. He is no longer afflicted with the scrawniness or the polio. And and he he grows. He gets taller. Yes, in a matter of minutes. And yeah, and and um, it's it's. I, I just want to include the the aside that probably everybody who listens to us, all four of you, already know. Mm-hmm. But uh, when they were when they were making the film, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Chris uh, Evans mm-hmm. had been had been wearing. Uh, uh, baggy clothes to to conceal his shape when mm-hmm. he was on set, you know. So nobody but him and his personal trainer knew what he actually looked like. Oh wow! Okay. And so when when <laughs> when they when they have that moment when the pod opens up, yeah. and, he, and he steps out, and he's and he's standing there, and there's all the steam, and he's and he's glistening with sweat because he's just been through that ordeal. When when um, I'm Peggy, Peggy Peggy Carter yeah. when Peggy Carter and I'm forgetting the actress's name. Mm-hmm. Uh, when when she she has she has that great character moment yes where she she just kind of reaches out and and, and touches, touches him and then pulls her hand back because she realizes what she's doing yeah that is not in the script right that that was the actress being stunned by his you know, beauty by by what it was that that he Haley he, Atwell, Haley Atwell thank yes. you uh, uh, and and also a side note. Mm-hmm. Another side note related to that, um, even at the height of his physical training for the part of Captain America, mm-hmm. Chris Evans had to uh, go without drinking anything mm-hmm. or eating anything for something like 24 hours before shooting to get his to get the cut his, look. To, to get to get that level of yeah. of definition. Because that literally just doesn't happen, right? I mean, that's it, that's what you, you see know, on muscle mags. Is yeah, that they're yeah. on diuretics for three like, days, like like forever. Yeah, and and they could only they could only have him do anything when mm-hmm. when they were doing those shots on those days. He, he would have to sit down. Yes. After after shooting for a couple of minutes, because if he stood up for very much longer, he'd faint. Yeah. Um, and then you know all the action sequences. You know, you'll notice he has his shirt on. Yes, because there's no way he could stay that defined and actually do anything active. Yeah, because he'd just pass out. Yeah, uh, you know, in, in the interest of of you know continuing to hammer home the lesson that you know men have to face unrealistic appearance expectations as well. Yes. Uh, so anyway, so Vita Rays, all the notes are lost. Yep. Super Soldier Serum. He becomes the the pinnacle of, of human physical achievement in minutes. In minutes, instantaneously. Which, which none of us could do. Many of us can't do in our lifetime. No. And he did it with the creativity and the help of the federal government. Yeah. Okay. New Deal. Yeah, I'm gonna argue this is Department of Defense. So still the government. Still the government. Yeah. But, and yeah, but, you know, he then goes through a rigorous training program. Yep, paid for by paid for by Uncle Sam. Yeah, because a body at the height of human potential is still just human potential. So yeah. after three months of gymnastics, combat training, tactical training, he's actually ready for his first mission. And he did in three months what it takes men years to learn. And he did it with the creativity and help. Of, of the, the federal, federal government. government. Okay, I see. So, There's going to be a continuing through line here. Yes, that that government health care can actually be good for you. Yeah. So so <laughs> as part of his his uh, being the the pinnacle of of what human achievement. Yeah. This has been pointed out in other sources before. Mm-hmm. He does not suffer from fatigue. True. Because uh, lactic acid doesn't build up in his muscles. Yeah, must be nice. Because because he he just yeah. he reabsorbs it as as fast as he produces it. Yep. Um, his I'm I'm trying to remember. What doesn't all bruise easy. Either. He doesn't he doesn't bruise easily. He he recovers. The biggest thing his recovery as, time. as as you get out of your 30s. I'm yes. gonna say I'm not gonna name the decade you get into, but as you get out of your 30s, especially. If you do anything strenuous, yes, you're going to remember that you did something strenuous mm-hmm. f- for days. Oh yeah, and let's not even get into the refractory period. It's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, that's not so, tough, man. I don't know what you're talking about. 
So yeah. So no. let's let's take stock for a second. Okay. Steve Rogers, ninety-eight pound weakened, mm. weakling, polio stricken, unfit for service. Yeah. Without a mom or a dad, without gainful employment, an art student living in New York City, wanted to join the army and fight those who would threaten the freedoms of those who couldn't defend themselves. Yeah. He wanted to do this himself. Yep. He's given medicine. He's given healthcare. He's given training and given employment. All in preparation for a fight with fascism. Yes. An ideology that's based on one's blood quantum and their destiny. Go ahead. Okay, there's there's an interesting... By the way, blonde hair, blue eyed, Steve Rogers. Well, yeah, blonde hair, blue eyed, yeah, you know. Okay, so yeah. so you, you there's a pregnant pause there's, there. There's an, interesting, there's an interesting thing <clears throat> to be said about <clears throat> the fact that though... though the fascists had this this obsession with you know destiny and and blood mm-hmm. and blood purity blood quantum mm-hmm. however you want to put it um the guy that became not as you're saying you know the avatar of these of these social programs mm-hmm. but also the avatar of our will to beat the shit out of those guys yes um is there is a really strong component of the the idea of destiny in his story because he gets discovered because he's in that Mep's place arguing with that guy when mm-hmm. the general happens to be there. I would you say know, I, I get that, but he is not destined to become him. Okay. He finds his destiny through his persistence, through his Americanness. Okay. okay. Ah yes, his plucky 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 persistence, yes. determination. I can do this all day. Yeah, I could, exactly. yeah, I could do, I could this, do this, all this all day. I'm going to do this I'm until you let me. I'm going to do this until yeah, and and okay. He yeah, is. I had another thought, but it went away. Go ahead. He is the living avatar of the New Deal Democrat. Okay. Oh, that was the other thing I wanted to oh, say. Oh, okay. Sorry. That's okay. But he he is he has what what he had prior to the Vitarays and the serum. Uh huh. Was and I'm going to throw another trope out here. Mm-hmm. Steve Rogers is a determinator. Yes. He is, I'm, I'm going to do this. Mm-hmm. Like, I have set my mind on, on this course. Yes. And you, I can do this all day. Mm-hmm. You can beat the shit out of me. I'm going to get right back up. I'm going to keep going. Yep. I'm, you're, you're just, you're not going to stop. The only way you're going to stop me is you're going to fucking kill me. Mm-hmm. And good luck doing that. Right. You know. Yeah. Um, and that... You know, in, in the film, Erskine mm-hmm. talks about his innate moral character and his innate, you know, goodness and being uh, a weak man. He is who now a strong man. Yeah, a weak man who stands up to bullies. And, yep. and he is now a strong man who knows what it was to be weak. Yep. And all of that mm-hmm. is valid and meaningful and important. Part of the reason that, like, Steve Rogers is who I want to grow up to be. Mm-hmm. But there's also the fact that he always was mm-hmm. an unstoppably determined yeah. person. And I think I think he was that, a juggernaut without the bulk. Yeah. And that yeah. and I and that and that I think is an important point when we talk about the fact that there's there's a there there is this assistance that he gets. And I think there there's there's a message there that we need to rely on our Americanness, mm-hmm. which is you know stubbornness or determination or mm-hmm. lucky never give upness, yeah, you know at the same time, yeah. So I think Steve Rogers, because they write this in the nineteen forty one, yeah. Okay, I think this is one of the few times that writers were actually conscious of their own intent. When he came of age, Laguardia was the mayor of New York. And he, LaGuardia, was a huge New York New Dealer, despite the fact that he was hella short. Uh, New York benefited greatly from the New Deal under LaGuardia, the mayor. Fiorello LaGuardia. And American labor benefited a lot, too. LaGuardia gave a lot of relief to immigrants and to minorities, which then helped stimulate the local economy in a very Keynesian wet dream. Yeah, well, you know, you put money at the at the bottom of the of the system, it, it gets picked up. It gets picked up by the roots yep. of whatever you're trying to grow. 
Now, so, yeah. As early as 1934, which coincidentally is the same year that the Wagner Act came out, which legitimized unions yep. and gave unions federal backing, you know, with the creativity and help of the federal government, mm-hmm. LaGuardia was outspoken against Hitler and his regime in 1934. His sister, LaGuardia's sister, was held as a political prisoner by the Nazis. She lost her husband in the camps, and she's one of a very few American citizens who was kept in a Nazi concentration camp. Really? Uh-huh. And when the Nazi boon came around, threatening the safety of Joe Simon, LaGuardia, the mayor of New York, a comic book fan, uh-huh. promised him... The city of New York, and I quote, the city of New York will see to it that no harm will come to you. Nice. Good. That would have been the mayor that, (laughs) that would have been the mayor. Brooklyn Nazis. I hate Brooklyn Nazis. (laughs) All right. That would have been the mayor that Steve Rogers would have voted for. Yeah. He was an Irish Catholic immigrant son living in Manhattan. Yeah. He would have voted for the Democrat Italian short guy who stood up (laughs) to the Nazis for Joel Simon. Moreover, labor is on the rise, co-opted in the Double V campaign. Uh, They're especially active in New York, which means Steve Rogers, as an art student, would have been rubbing his scrawny little elbows with WPA laborers, (laughs) artists, writers, etc., anyone who was in his class. Yeah. And likely in his friend group, too. To be an artist in New York in the 30s meant that you were in with the left, capital L, left. As a fine art student with no parents, he's not going to Columbia. He's not even going to state college like Reed Richards, Ben Grimm, and Victor Von Doom did in the 60s. In the 1930s, the odds are that if you're a poor kid from Manhattan, you would have found admission in City College of New York, which had a good arts program, and a virulently anti-fascist, anti-Nazi student body. Probably because a lot of the student body at the time were young and educated. I'll give you one guess as to what their religion was. Jewish? Yeah. Okay. By the way, in the 1930s, uh, the NBA was was filled with Jewish uh, basketball players. Really? It's the inner city sport. Oh, so okay. whoever's at the bottom so of the inner city. Okay, yeah. All right. That makes perfect sense. So when he, Steve Rogers, is marching into every MEPS that he can find, forging his name, committing identity fraud, <laughs> he's, <laughs> he's doing it as a new dealer, as an anti-fascist, and as a pro-labor artist. He's also doing it specifically to fight Nazis. He's not joining up to go fight the Japanese. He's in the fall of 1940, long before Pearl Harbor. He's not doing it to defend us from having been attacked because it's before Pearl Harbor. He's doing it to fight the Nazis. Also, FDR figures into his comics really early on. In the very first issue, FDR is recommending that they bring in, quote, a character out of the comic books to stop sabotage and the, quote, vermin who are trying to slow the defense industry. This is before we're at war with anyone, by the way. Yeah. And in doing this, FDR greenlights Operation Rebirth. Now, uh, you you don't have much of his origin after that. He does a lot of weird things because it's the 1940s cartoon comics and it's mm. it's... It's wacky. It's wild. Yeah. Um, and by the way, he's not the, he's not Chris Evans. I mean, he's not this gorgeous specimen of a man. He's a fairly square, straight, scrawny well, kind of guy. It, because, you know, that was uh, the, the comic, comic artists work on deadlines. That was the aesthetic at yeah. the time. Yeah. So, but you go for, fast forward to 1981. Okay. And I, I had to go all the way to 1981, which is interesting. Yep. Okay. One month after Reagan took office and began dismantling the New Deal with Gusto, um, they uh. did a flashback episode in the Captain America comic where they retcon and retread a lot of his origin story. And in this okay. issue, FDR gives him the round shield. Really? Yes. Because, okay. Because we've all seen it. We've all seen FDR with the cigarette and handing him the round yeah. shield. Cap going, oh, this will be more aerodynamic. That came from a 1981 comic book retconning when that happened. Now you see him having the round shield in issue number two of the actual Captain America because they damn near got sued for using the same design as another comic book company for a character called the Sentinel. Uh, you got to change it by at least 10%. So they round okay, shielded it. So okay. Right. So this right. 81 comic explains it and gives us a few panels to explain it. Um, regardless, 
Cap's transformation was absolutely a new dealer shot against fascists and their blood ideology. And I keep bringing up blood ideology because he gets injected and it alters his yeah, blood yeah. chemistry. Yeah, 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 yeah. Steve was an artist and a frail man, both of whom Hitler railed against in Mein Kampf. Yes. He hated modern art and he hated people who were frail. <laughs> Yeah, well, because because weakness needed to be purged from the Reich. Right. Exactly. And modern art was a Jewish conspiracy. Yes, but yeah. I, what I was going to go with was was nonsensical, decadent, destructive to the the moral order mm-hmm. of the Reich. Mm-hmm. And and yeah. yeah. And he also so, he's transformed by a Jewish scientist and intellectual. So, okay, so I know Erskine mm-hmm. is explicitly Jewish in, right. in, in the films and mm-hmm. later on in the comics, mm-hmm. but, but Ryan, Ryan, what, what was Steen. his name? Reinstein. Yeah. Was Reinstein mm-hmm. Jewish? Yeah. Like, stated he was... Joseph Reinstein. Joseph Reinstein. Uh, it, it's a, his name is spelled J-O-S-E-F. Okay. Like, it's, it's, right. it's very, it's, it's... very Jewish. Okay. So... Uh, how do we put this? Um, he's a frail artist. Yeah. And he's transformed by a Jewish <clears throat> scientist and intellectual. This is the four quadrant of Hitler hate. <laughs> you know? This is, this is, yeah. so, so Steve Rogers stands right at the absolute center, center. of the Venn diagram of yes. everybody Hitler really, 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 really hate. like hates. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And at first, uh, Cap fights our enemies here at home. And by our enemies, I mean... Greedy, tax-dodging, rich pricks who didn't want to pay their fair share into a system that they were bringing relief to Americans and also the Nazi Bund. Both. Hand in hand. Greedy, rich pricks working with... The Nazi Bund. The Nazi Bund. Greedy, rich pricks who didn't want to pay their fair share of taxes into a system that would help everyone. Yeah. And a Nazi Bund. And the Nazi Bund. He beats the shit out of them at their (laughs) summer camp in upstate New York. By the way, the Nazis are kind of responsible for summer camps in New York. Nice. That's a weird thing. Okay. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna say this again. The authors and the artists who created Captain America, who live in New York, had Captain America, who is from New York, go upstate and beat the shit out of the Nazis in their own summer camp, which is actually in New York. Got it. State New York. State. Yeah. Yeah. Upstate. New upstate York. New York. Okay. They had several a Nazi camps. Heap. So, so this was no, no, no. I'm, I'm. This I'm, isn't Metropolis I'm, and I'm, fucking I'm Gotham. Life, I'm real life yeah. ficking, fucking you up. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I'm shipping. I'm, I'm, I'm shipping, shipping his fist to yeah, your I'm face. Shipping his fist yeah. to your face. Your face to the floor. Yep. That's the love triangle I want to see yep. in my. Okay. Yeah. Got it. And the sabotage he's it's fighting. It's a great triangle. Oh yeah. It's like, <laughs> compelling. I'll take it. Yeah. The sabotage that he's fighting is the tax, do- the tax dodging he's fighting is always German and Nazi based. And it's always white guys who pass as Americans. There's no anti-Japanese stuff yet. Other comics took on the Japanese. Okay. And Cap still fought them. But never, never as fifth columnists. That wasn't the worry in New York. Well, no. Right. In New York, it's there's a worry about Germans passing like Americans and sabotaging by getting people to not want to pay their taxes. Okay. Yeah. So once the war is in full swing, he goes to Europe, not to Japan. Yeah. He's blowing up tanks. He's punching Nazi, Nazi higher-ups, including Goering. Oh, really? He decks him. Good. Further if proof. Anybody, that, if anybody yep. needed to be decked. Oh, yeah. Further proof that he's a new dealer. He's never going off against strikers. He's never going against the poor, and he's never going against marginalized folks. It's not like there weren't riots in Alabama by ship workers because 12 black guys had gotten hired. That happened. Mm. He's not breaking up strikers. He's, no. not, he's not attacking the, the black communists. He's not, no, he's going after Germans and tax cheats. Uh, he's always defending from and attacking against uh, the more powerful who don't do their fir- fair share. And that's a constant thread through his early comics. His physicality uh, is gained from the government's program called Rebirth. Okay. Just point out that that's another R. Uh, okay. 
It's put up to use after uh, training to go fight the Nazis. Yeah. Just like the CCC. It's why I spent so yeah. much time on yeah, that, yeah, the yeah, yeah, Civilian yeah. Conservation Corps last time. Yeah. Just like the WPA, <clears throat> just like the TVA. He is what the New Deal was made to do. Remember, the WPA puts people to work for propaganda. Yeah. The TVA electrifies things so that we can build airplanes quicker. Yeah. The CCC gets us young men who are healthy enough. Yeah. He's all three. All right. And he is what the New Deal has become and what it was made to do. When the war first started, the New Deal's programs were very much reorganized and aimed at the war effort. It was a total war effort. And the recovery programs were not an exception to that. Young men were trained toward the war efforts, not just to keep them off the streets anymore. The New Deal was institutionalized Antifa. Okay, yeah. Now, Cap's Antifa roots uh, can also be found in the fact that after the war, his appeal as a commie fighter was not really all that popular. Huh. And this is because despite the fact that we were suddenly sworn enemies with former allies... He starts as a leftist icon, and the circle simply couldn't be squared that way. It wasn't without effort, but ultimately it, it failed. So they literally put him on ice. Yeah. Now, when he gets unfrozen and brought into the Silver Age of comics, he gets rehabilitated, and Marvel even went so far as to retcon anti-communist Cap into a man who'd surgically altered his face to look like Cap, to dose himself with an unstable super soldier serum, the first of many, and went commie hunting. So... The cap who was beating up communists was actually not cap. It was a guy who did surgery. And oh, then, wow. Yeah. Really? And he was unstable. Yes. They went that far. Oh, it gets better. The problem for this guy was that his dose didn't work perfectly, and he began to see communists everywhere. Um, so all the communist punching. Yeah. He was medicinal McCarthyism. Whoa. That got retconned in the 60s. Well, yeah, it would have been in the 60s. Right, because yeah, he gets yeah, thought out. And they're like, well, yeah. what about all this shit that he did? Well, it wasn't him. It wasn't Here's, actually. Yeah. yeah. He gets ah. thought out. Yeah. And you think about it, When he gets thought out, JFK's in office. Oh, yeah. A okay. Democrat. New frontier. Right. One who, despite being the prototypical Cold Warrior, which he was, oh, was still pushing New Deal policies at home. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So Cap was back. And a lot of effort goes toward well, making... Well, and he was and he was not only pushing uh, uh, New Deal-type policies. Mm-hmm. The space race mm-hmm. was, was you know, getting, getting, getting a man to the moon. Right. And the reason I bring that up mm-hmm. is because that is the... We're going back to the techno-futurist, techno-utopian kind of ideals that, yes. that, that lie at the roots of the idea of, of creating... Oh yeah, uh, uh, you know, which is an inherently superhero yeah. in the first place. It's also a very leftist approach. Yeah, um, is is using science for yeah. the betterment. Uh, and I'm not saying that the right didn't use science; they certainly did. That's where you get Zyklon B. <laughs> um, but uh, but I would point out, and also you get the guys in charge of NASA. Let's be fair. Yeah, yeah. But I would say that um, you had futurists who were very right wing. Yeah. Those were artists. It was a paradigm yeah. shifting yeah, was, group. Yeah. So mu- not so much as a scientific advancement group. It's, yeah, a, okay. it's a different thing. Yeah. Now the thing is, and it's interesting that you bring that up, um, because Cap was never the future loving guy that Reed Richards was. Right. The going to the moon yeah. shit was Fantastic Four. Cap was a man out of time, and a war hero. Okay. He was forever that. Now the result was readers could be uh, could be pulled back to a simpler time when the government promoted the common welfare, and a time where, not incidentally, the New Deal and alphabet agencies were the tools which were used to smash fascism. Okay. Now, yeah, and then and then the supervillains that show up after he gets thawed out in the sixties, yeah, are Baron Zemo. Yes, unreconstructed it was, it was an Nazis. Unreconstructed Nazis. In fact, Baron Zemo, great that we use the word unreconstructed. He had glue, glue a mask to his face, and he was in Brazil. Yeah, where a lot of Nazis, Nazis had run off to run was off South to. America. Yeah, yeah. The boys, the boys from Brazil. Yeah, you know. So all of this leads up to my favorite comic series. Okay. So I'm fast forwarding um, quite a right, bit okay. to the Civil War, and I catch a lot of shit for it, but I love the Civil War. Not the movie, although in my eyes it's still actually a really good movie. It I, just, I agree. I think it's a great, it's yeah. a great film. It, 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 it 
I like Winter it, Soldier. It was different. Better, but yeah. I do too. Okay. But I I have a soft spot in my it's kinda like I like I I like Return of the Jedi better, but yeah. I think my favorite is still gonna be episode four. Okay. And in all honesty, probably episode seven, since that is episode four. Yeah. Um, it's just yeah. done better. Yeah. Um, you know, okay, so it's bigger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But uh, I'm not talking about the movie, though. Uh, but like I said, it, it is a yeah. good movie. Uh, the comic series, though. Yeah, of course. And and we have a whole episode so on the comic whole, series. Is it one, two episodes? Well, it's, a, it's a me episode, yeah, okay, so probably yeah. two, yeah. Yeah. But <laughs> here's the argument that is circulated from the beginning. Okay. The Civil War is a cutout for gun control. Yeah, and we talked about this. Yep. And yeah. while we could certainly pour plenty into that empty vessel, it doesn't really hold any water. Yeah. It wasn't about gun control. It's not about vigilantism versus the need for government to stop the use of automatic weapons. Yeah. It's not that argument. It's about civil rights versus security. Yes. Uh, versus the need for security. Um, and uh, this is where I want to show you uh, some panels oh, from okay. the Civil War. Cool, cool. Um, although I dare say that we've also covered this in a different episode. Yes, uh, but probably. Let me, yeah, but that's let me cool. pull up the argument here between these two fellas, and forgive me. Here we go. Pardon. So, as right. you can see, there's an argument here between uh, Iron Man and Luke Cage. And Luke Cage. Oh yeah, no, we we did we did we cover did do this, this yeah. didn't we? Yeah, so so Tony mm-hmm. is standing there with Black. Uh, I want to say Black Canary, but I know I'm wrong. Because uh, <laughs> Captain Marvel, DC, Captain Marvel, uh, standing behind him in the in the black and gold mm-hmm. uh, uh, outfit, which is why I thought Black Canary. Fair anyway, so uh, Tony, uh, I need to know, Luke, because at midnight, if you don't, you and Jessica are effectively criminals again. Next panel is silent. There there are no speech bubbles. Uh, we just see Luke sitting. Uh, with uh, Jessica uh, having her, her arm on the back of the chair behind him. He doesn't say anything. Mm-hmm. Tony, now I talked to... Wait. I talked to the powers that be. Your sordid past is all being swept under the rug. All that trouble in your youth. None of it will affect your standing as a sanctioned Avenger. Next panel. Uh, Jessica, holding their baby, mm-hmm. says, What about me, Mr. Stark? Yeah, I have powers too, and you know what? I don't want to use them, and I have no plans to use them, and I don't want to work for the United States of corporate sellouts. What about someone like me? Interesting that she should that, that in in a comic from mm-hmm. when when was remind me what year we're talking about? Oh five. Oh five. Oh she's six. She's using language that we are hearing now from. The, the progressive, the, the hard progressive wing of, mm-hmm. of the Democratic Party. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that level of class... Uh, class awareness class and class awareness, warfare. Class warfare yeah. was, was not normal no. at that time. But it's anyway, so says, United States corporate sellouts, what about someone like me? Uh, uh, Tony puts his foot in it. Well, Mrs. Cage, she cuts him off. Jones... Hmm. And he, he corrects himself. Well, Jessica, you'll sign in and we'll deal with that when the time comes. You have a newborn baby. No one's going to ask you to go fight Dr. Doom. Her response, bet your ass. Yeah. At which point, uh, Captain Marvel steps in. Jessica, you're cut off again by Jessica Jones. Carol, don't. Just, you're military. You like being told what to do. Mm-hmm. We don't. In fact, we hate it. Mm-hmm. Which is an oversimplification of the military mindset, but understandable. Mm-hmm. Uh, Carol, uh, the country has shifted, and we're doing everything we can to keep everything nice. And you're compromising yourself past any level of. And now, Luke speaks. Yeah, with, he's been silent categorically. He's been categorically not saying anything through this whole page, mm-hmm. and he cuts in with, "The world ain't a nice place." Mm-hmm. And next page, yep. I assume, Luke, continuing, if it was, we wouldn't be who we are. You're trying to make the world something it ain't. Uh, and worse, you're selling yourselves to do it. And who are you selling to? Huh? Uh, what you're trying to do can't be done. It's not human nature. Mm-hmm. Tony 
Still, still put, can't read a room, this guy. No. Uh, Tony, Luke, I need to know, will you sign on? <laughs> like, you're... So like, is that a yes? Is that a yes? Are you not? I'm, I'm getting a conditional, like, yeah. like a maybe. Can yeah. I put you down for a solid yeah. maybe? Uh, Luke, guess we'll find out at midnight, which, like, if you know how to read a room, no. Yeah. No, he's not. Right. You know. Uh, Tony, Luke, uh, they will come to your home and they will take you out of here. And if that doesn't work, they'll call us in next. Do you want, do you want that? Is that what your goal is? Just like sounding like every, (laughs) every righteous, uh, uh, tone policing, Mm -hmm. uh, white person Mm -hmm. in, in any kind of conversation where any member of minority gets like angry about, Anything. Yeah, I'm just really. trying to have a discussion. I'm just here. trying to have a discussion. I'm just do you, asking do you questions. you want to turn this into a fight? Like, right. do you want... Why are you so hostile? Why are you so hostile? Yeah. Uh, Luke, still remarkably holding it together, because mm-hmm. if I were in his shoes, I'd already have thrown the couch through a wall. Well, I would also point out Iron Man shows up in armor. Well, yeah. Like, he shows up ready he shows for up, fights. Yes. yes, this whole thing. I've been saying Tony this whole time, but yeah. Tony is there as Iron Man yes. in... I don't know what mark that is, but yeah... And so uh, Luke's Luke's response, oh, is it Mississippi in the 50s now? And, of course, Tony does Tony, the thing that Tony everyone his, wants to do. Put, puts puts his hands up. Oh, come on. <laughs> the yeah. difference is, yeah. says Luke, stop it. Will you stop? Um, and Luke doesn't stop. Right. You know, to his credit, getting pulled out of your home in the middle of the night for being different is the same now as it was then. Jessica jumps in with, does have a timeless quality to it. <laughs> Luke, don't it? Uh, Iron Man, no, this is about breaking the law. Slavery used to be a law. Luke, you're twisting this and I won't hear it. <laughs> Boy, are you right? You won't hear it. You won't hear it. Uh, Luke, you should hear it. You should turn those robot ears on real loud because it is what it is, baby. You're you're perverting it all. You're distorting the ideas you said we stand for to the point that when you're done with all of this, the ideas won't mean anything. You'll stand for nothing except whatever they tell you to. Uh, And Tony says, if you join, you can make sure that exact thing doesn't happen. Right. So you could be part of the solution, you know. Now, I will acknowledge that the federal assault weapons ban sunsetted out of existence in September of 2004. Yeah. And, and everybody su- latched on to that as, as the, the theme motif mm-hmm. here. Yeah. But Luke, I, I'm going to say, mm-hmm. Luke Cage puts the point on it really well. Yeah, that this is about civil rights. This yeah. is these are people. You yeah. know, and in and in the other episode we we talked about, you know, mm-hmm. the Second Amendment is a property rights issue, right? And and it's it's about a tool, right? And it would be natural for Tony to approach it in the way that you would approach mm-hmm. somebody having access to a tool, because that's what his as you mentioned you talked about the before, destructive power. Yeah, destruct his his powers are all based around a tool. Yes. Um, whereas Luke kind of doesn't like he. It was done. It was also done to him in prison. Yeah, it was inflicted on him. Yep. And he can't turn it off. Right. Ben Grimm can't stop being Ben Grimm, eight feet tall and orange and rocky. You know. And and so it isn't it isn't a property thing. Mm -hmm. It it is a civil rights thing versus collective security. Right. And so, you know, the the other side of the equation still remains the same. It's collective security mm-hmm. versus an individual right. The difference is it's not a property right. It's it's a a personal right to freedom of existence mm-hmm. kind of thing. Yeah. So at five seconds after midnight, they knock on Cage's door, uh, and his only response is incredible. Uh, and then yeah. and then they try yeah. to uh, arrest him, and he breaks. 
a, a couch over them. Brooklyn. Yeah. He breaks. Brooklyn. Well, no, no, he's not in Brooklyn. They're in uh, uh, Hell's Kitchen. Yes. He uh, breaks Hell's Kitchen. And so basically. he basically he resists them. Yeah. And some young young African American gentlemen are filming it. Yep. Uh, which is interesting because it's the days before smartphones. Yeah. Um, and one then of the, one of them actually has a, a, a micro compact yep. camcorder. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and then, uh, what call it? Um, well, we'll get to it in a second because it's it, it kind of pays off. Um, so, Civil War comic series came out two thousand six, two thousand seven. So, yeah. I, I get that people would see it as an anti-gun, yeah, pro uh, pro pro property rights and you know collective yeah. security, security argument. And on surface level, they'd be right. But when it came out, Civil War was also in the midst of the Patriot Act, as we talked about. Yes. And as an epilogue, there was a poem about Japanese internment, about the loss of rights and what it meant to be an American. That is also, you know, those are pages that I have also copied. Yeah. It's beautiful and it's heartrending. Um, and it's in the, the other episode, so I encourage you to go listen to that. Definitely. Um, and now Mark Miller, the writer for all of it, has a hard-on for libertarian and McCainian political statements. But this is one of those times that those lined up with the ideals of the political of the New Deal. So what Cap is fighting for isn't the Second Amendment. It's explicitly the Fourth Amendment. It's the right for a citizen to literally sit in his own home, bother nobody, and not have to answer for it. And Luke Cage says that. Almost word for word. Yeah. Um, now, what I'd like to point out is Luke Cage is being assaulted in these pictures. Yes. Right? Yes. By the government. By, by They haven't served shield. a warrant, by the way. Yeah, there's no warrant. It's all warrantless. Uh, who comes to his rescue? Um, Daredevil, who, if I remember, isn't actually Daredevil. Right. It's actually Danny Rand. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Iron Fist. Mm-hmm. Cosplaying as Daredevil. Uh-huh. And uh, Steve motherfucking Rogers. That's right. Yes. Okay. Uh, also, um, oh, uh, also Falcon uh, shows oh, yeah. up in, in yeah. other panels. Yeah. Uh, I really like it because um, the first thing Cap says is, on your feet, Mr. Cage. Yeah. Calls him Mr. Iron Man showed up in the dude's house, called him Luke, called Jessica Mrs. Cage, got her name wrong. Then said Jessica when she said when she corrected said Jones. He's like, okay, Jessica. He's first naming them. Now, now Cap is Mr. Cage. Yeah. Now there's the, a the, old school respect going. on Well, there's on there. there's an old school respect thing going on there. It's very clear that there is a message being sent to mm-hmm. the reader about mm-hmm. the approach these two guys have mm-hmm. toward the people they're dealing with. Yes. Um, and you know, Steve <laughs> being a product of the forties, it would be a very pointed thing for him back in the forties. Yes. Addressing an African-American man as, as an equal as Mr. would be a very big deal. Yeah. So for him, it's a very big, it is a meaningful point to him in that moment that he's doing that. Mm-hmm. I think Tony might be less. He's also as formal because he's from a different generation. He's, he's, he's from a different generation. But he's, he's also less, entitled he's prick. Less, he's also, yes, he's also an entitled prick who is like, no, 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 you know what? Look, we're all equals here. Let's, let's, first names. Yeah. Like, no, no, you're in my goddamn house. Right. You showed up unannounced. You need to show some deference. Yes. Read the goddamn <laughs> room. Now, just so you know, Cap Which, is knocking shield soldiers off the building. And yeah. one of them says, yes, yes, Captain America into his radio. And I just love that Falcon's there, and he says, "And the Falcon, please." I have sidekick syndrome as it is. Right. Yeah. It's just kind yeah. of fun. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Cap shows up to save Luke from Shield, um, and he's got his shield. You know, it's it's front and center. It's blocking this, a lot of this, shots. This happens mm-hmm. in in our in our previous discussion of mm-hmm. Civil War. There was a very uh, uh, tense, uh, ominous conversation between Cap and Hill. Oh yeah, yeah. That's, that's that we previous, that we yeah. talked about. Yeah. Yep. That that you know has already happened in the background where mm-hmm. Cap very explicitly states mm-hmm. why from from his New Dealer ideology this is completely bass awkward. Yes. Um, I also want to bring up here that there's there's a point that comes up in the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. That that if I sign on this. I'm going to have to answer to politicians. Yep. 
And that means that there are going to be times when I could do something and you won't let me. Right. And I have a moral responsibility to do something because mm-hmm. I have the capacity to do it. Yep. And and I think that's also that I, I bring that up because I think it ties in with the whole anti-fascist, you know, New Dealer progressive kind of, you mm-hmm. know, we, we, have, we have a moral responsibility. We're the arsenal of democracy. We're the arsenal of democracy. Yeah. And... It's it's also there's 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 an idea that is basically the same thing. It's expressed oftentimes as the three hundred eight rule. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you have the capacity to do something, you have moral responsibility to do something. Right. Uh, within the context of you know, uh, you, if if you have a rifle, you have a responsibility to you know mm-hmm. use it when mm-hmm. it's necessary to prevent bad stuff happening. Yeah. So yeah. I, so again, what's Cap there doing? He's saving Luke Cage from what? The jackbooted thugs of shit. Secret police. Yeah. The Gestapo. Yeah. There's not much more that's Antifa than that. No. And what he's really doing is he's helping to fight for the freedom from fear. Okay. Okay. Cap is the living embodiment from start to finish. Yes. Uh, he gets killed, by the way. Uh, yeah. But then it's this weird, weird spirit Time thing that happens. Yeah, fuck it. Thing. Don't care. Yeah. Uh, but he does get killed. Yeah. As the four freedoms are dying because yeah. we're going for security over our rights. Yeah. Um, now here's a fun epilogue to all of this. In August of 2019, Art Spiegelman, the author of Mouse yes. and Mouse Two. He wrote an intro to a Marvel book. Uh, yep. Marvel, The Golden Age, 1939 to 1949. He was, his, his intro was edited to get rid of an anti-Trump rhetoric that they identified. He said, fuck it. You don't get to use my introduction at all. He pulled it entirely. And in so doing, uh, he highlighted the fact that comic books were overwhelmingly an industry launched by Jews and immigrants. And that to claim that they were apolitical is a lie. Quote, In today's all-too-real world, Captain America's most nefarious villain, the Red Skull, is alive on screen and an orange skull haunts America. Art Spiegelman said that. Yep. He told the publisher, who wanted to remain apolitical, that he would not remove it from what he said. They paid him a kill fee, and they went with someone else. Yep. Spiegelman said, fine. Published the essay in an article in The Guardian with the headline of, quote, Golden Age superheroes were shaped by the rise of fascism. Guess who's at the center of that? Cap. Yeah. Now, for more fun, just because I I like to dig deep on these things, the Marvel Entertainment executive who helped to orchestrate the deal between Marvel and Disney? Yeah. A guy named Isaac Perlmutter. Okay. Ike Perlmutter. Yeah. He's a former Israeli soldier who came to America in 1967. Okay. He started a toy company, which was then bought by Marvel about 25 years ago. Through this, there were bankruptcies and mergers, and he and a part- partner named a- uh, Avi Arad managed to get control of Marvel in 1998 away from Ronald Perlman and Carl Icahn during the bankruptcy. Icahn. Icahn, sorry. I-C-A-H-N. Yeah. The only reason I know that is because Icahn also uh, bought and looted hmm. uh, TWA. Oh, that's right. Which my father worked for post Icon, okay. and and you could not mention that name in front of any <laughs> member of the TWA Pilots Union without somebody turning and spitting. Nice, like all of them turning nice. and spitting because he because he looted their fucking pension. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. Well, on. after that political maneuvering to get Icon out of yeah. there and to get Perlman out of there. Uh, Arad and Perlmutter began licensing away Marvel properties to different movie studios. They tried to give away all of the characters to Sony, and Sony was like, no, we just want Spider-Man. They tried to say, well, you know, for $25 you can have everyone. They said, we'll take Spider-Man for $15. It was something like that. Eventually, Kevin Feige took over from Perlmutter as the head of Marvel Studios in 2015. Perlmutter's influence was long-lasting, though. Um, For instance... He stopped the idea of female superheroes getting their own movies. He said, well, you know, Supergirl didn't do very well. Which was... Because it was a in the, shit movie. In the 80s. In the 80s. He also replaced Terrence Howard with Don Cheadle. Yeah. Because according to him, black people look the same. 
That's a quote. So, why am I bringing this guy up? He's still the chairman of Marvel Entertainment. He's, he's also... He's the one who killed the introduction? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's also the guy that Marvel TV properties all still report to. Okay. Also, from 2015 to 2019, he and his wife have donated neither nearly $4 million to Trump and Trump's PAC. Or several of Trump's PACs. Yeah. Political action committees. Yeah. Oh, also, he goes to Mar-a-Lago pretty regularly. Yeah. And he's one of the people who's been identified as an unofficial advisor to the president on various issues. Specifically, Perlmutter and two others direct policies at the VA. They're unelected, they're unappointed, they're unaccountable. They make policy. They force VA officials to fly down to Mar-a-Lago to listen to their policy decisions. Guess who foots the bill for that? You and me. Yeah. Spiegelman pointed out this relationship in his essay, and he said, quote, I like it better this way. It has more met resonant meaning than it perhaps would have if it were just an introduction. <laughs> yeah. So. So. What have you gleaned? Uh, that uh, I really want uh, uh, fanboy assholes to stop... Uh, saying that they want uh, SJWs to get out of their comic books. <laughs> well, because, they almost got their way because Cap got killed. Yeah, true. <laughs> true. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, the, what we keep every time, every time we talk about comics, mm -hmm. on the occasions that we've talked about them, every single time we've uh -huh. talked about them, um, even when they were books that, that were done in a time when sexist ideas were just de rigueur, you know, I'm looking at you, Reed Richards. Yeah. Um, you know, and... I found a great quote from him the other day. <laughs> but, you know, even even when the writers were flawed mm -hmm. to, to us today, mm -hmm. um, they were still writing stories that were clearly uh, political mm -hmm. and that were clearly, at the very least... Mm -hmm allegorical to being social justice issues. Again, you had New York Jewish writers yeah. writing about Captain America going up to New upstate New York where there were actual Nazi boon camps and beating the shit out of them. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. You I, know, sorry, you mentioned yeah. Reed Richards, so I yeah. had to pull yeah. out this one. Yeah, stop sounding like a wife and find me that gun, lady. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Wow. Just I also found uh, a wonderful thing with Matt Murdock. Uh, they, they, Foggy Nelson is getting oh, uh, brought out, no. um, and uh, Matt Murdock says, you know, uh, right. well, he's he's meeting a bunch of really rich people who are trying to run Foggy maybe as somebody. And a guy shakes his hand and says, "Glad to have you aboard, Matt. Guess you're pretty proud of Foggy, huh?" And Matt thinks to himself, "They're all prominent, wealthy men. Why do I sense danger?" <laughs> <laughs> Because so what was that about SJWs needed uh, to not be yeah, in the comics? Yeah, no kidding. But yeah, it's it's it is an an insult to to the history of the form. Mm -hmm. Oh, here's to, Peter Parker graduating. Oh, okay. Can, what can you tell me about his uh, his uh, high school class uh, in 1963? In 1963, they're out of I got to count one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Ten, out of ten mm -hmm. uh, students, mm -hmm. uh, well, eleven students clearly shown in frame. Three of them mm -hmm. are African American. Yeah, yeah, and one female. Yep. Yeah, and you also have look, man. There yeah. is it's Peter. Yeah, and there's uh, there he's yeah. graduating. Yeah, and he's graduating. walking. You know, alongside there there yeah. are African African American faces in the, yep. in the audience. So what yeah. was that about social was that justice? About representation not being necessary. Was that about yeah? yeah. No, I, you know, it is, it requires a, a truly remarkably blinkered level mm -hmm. of ignorance, mm -hmm. like willful ignorance. Oh, yes. To, to try to claim that, that the art form of comics, sequential art, yes. was ever apolitical. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, you can, you can point to, you know, an individual comic strip or an individual issue of a comic that doesn't have an overt 
you know, you know, political kind of message. I guess you could, or you could point but, to you know, like ep- the 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 fifth issue of Captain America, and and you see Captain America and the, and the killers, killers of, of the, the Bund, Bund. You know, yeah. Um, you know, but but you know, you you could point to an individual issue and go, well, see, there's no politics here. But then you've got to ignore ones like this where one, he shows up on the Nazi Bund and beats the shit out of them. Yeah, like there it is in four colors. In, in yeah. There he is beating the shit out beating, of Nazis. Yeah. At in upstate New York. Yeah. Repeatedly. Yeah. And there's oh. some unfortunate racism in some of these pictures. Oh, yeah, well. But uh you know, 1940s. Yeah, but at the same time, you know. Yeah, they're they're <laughs> I just I would I uh, and so the Sentinels begin their search for the fifth column of their hideouts and listen to their plans. Uh, and they're talking about uh, blowing up a dam. Uh, and 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 what have you, and it's sure enough, you got to warn Steve. You you got to do these things. So yeah, there there are politics inherent. By the way, this is that picture of Cap getting his shield getting around shield from yeah. Oh yeah, and you that's can tell by the liner. Know. You can tell by the liner that's clearly exactly. 80s. That's, yeah, that is not that is that is not the same mm-hmm. art style as forties. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a retcon. It was a yeah. re, a retread. Yeah. Um. But yeah, that's that's a lot of the research yeah. I did was a lot of this kind of fun stuff. Yeah. But yes, so that's my takeaway. Is the same takeaway I have just about every time we talk about this stuff. Is <laughs> stop telling SJWs to piss off. You need to piss off. Mm-hmm. And that's it. Yeah, I don't. I don't have anything more more eloquent or pithy at this point. That's, that's fair. That's what I have. Um, I think it's a, a damn shame that Captain America, who again is the living embodiment of the New Deal. Yeah. Um. That property ends up being, in some ways, dictated to by a man who is is terrible, horrible, and a supporter of fascism. Yeah, I think perhaps there's something behind because I remember when this happened when Cap went Hydra. Yeah, and you and I were pissed. Oh, I'm still pissed. What if they were signaling the fact that this guy was in charge? I don't know. I haven't done the research on that one. Yeah. Uh, that's a lot of heavy lifting that I'm requiring of myself to do that. Yeah. Um, I, but, I, the, you know, it yeah. wouldn't be the first time that authors were subversive as shit to their owners. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, also writing their own fantasy of, you know, what, what they think would or should happen. Yeah. And having Cap go fascist uh, at a time where this prick... Is, is is milking one, it is and yeah. and supporting yeah. a fascist regime, uh, yeah, you know, yeah, and making making Cap really clearly the bad guy, mm-hmm. like it's like oh, like, it's oh. under new ownership, yeah, sorry, yeah, you know, I mean, he even had a Hydra shield, yeah, you can see it in my bathroom, yeah, uh, it's not the only shield I have in my bathroom, don't worry, folks, I have all the shields in my bathroom, yeah, it's uh, really crowded so, in there, yeah. It's, you gotta yeah. step carefully, or it's just it's <laughs> the whole like thing Fibber falls. McGee's closet of armor. Yeah. It's awful. I was thinking it was like the, <laughs> the house in Enemy Mine, but yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, but yeah, it's uh, it's it's a damn shame that the this this human paraquat uh, is running things. Yeah. At the VA, much less at my beloved Marvel. Yeah. Um, Marvel hasn't had the best history of being run by good people. Um, no. But their artists sure seem to have a handle on Cap for the most part. He again. He's he is the living embodiment of the New Deal. Yeah. Um. And uh, at a time where we are seeing that having been completely gutted and uh, going as regressively as we can, um, it might be a good idea to to kind of read what Cap really did support. Yeah. There's there's a great thread on Tumblr mm-hmm. that was uh, about the the massive massive heart attack. Mm-hmm. That Steve right in the MCU, mm-hmm. that Steve Rogers would would actually cause if anybody actually tried to interview him about politics. Oh, I remember he and how angry he gets when he's like, "I'm a socialist." You can't say that. Yeah. What do you mean I can't say that? Well, we had a whole Cold War, right? See, and like that's not the same thing, right? You know, and 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 you know, 
Well, and I think his main point was vaccinate your children. Well, that was a separate one. Oh, it was that, a separate that was, one. That was okay. a separate one. And it's not vaccinate your children. It's vaccinate your fucking kids. Yes. Steve Rogers. Yeah. Mr. Language being <laughs> being so adamant about it that it's, you know, Mr. Mr. Rogers, what do you have to say to the American people? Vaccinate your fucking kids. Steve! And, you know, tell him, Bucky, tell him, Bucky, tell him how sick I was with scarlet fever. Goddamn right. Tell him about how I was bedridden for a fucking month. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And it's just, you know, it's just this, it's, it's a, it, yeah, it's a great bit. Uh, Strong but, man remembering what it was to be to, uh, what, what it was to be weak. Yeah. And being really pissed about people willfully choosing to, you know, mm-hmm. that shit happening in. Um, but, yeah. No, it, it's it is it is important. I think for us to be reminded of those aspects of our national character that that Cap represents, yeah, and that Cap has always been an aspirational figure. Yeah, he's not realistic. He is he is the paragon. Yeah, he is the extent of human potential. He and and he is like physically, and mm-hmm. then and then. Ideologically and spiritually, he yep. is he is the guy we want our country to be embodied by. Yeah. So. Well, so where can we find you on social media? You can find me at eh Blaylock on the Twitter machine. You can okay. find us at at Geek History Time mm-hmm. on the Twitter machine, and you can be found uh, at the Harmony. That's two H's in there on the Twitter and on the Instagram. And you can also find me planted next to the river of truth saying, no, yes, you move. Yeah. Well, so. yeah. And me probably on the opposite. Well, no, we'd be on the same side <laughs> yeah, 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 of yeah. the river, but yeah, yeah. Yeah. And me, and me there with you. Yeah. I am shorter. So unfortunately I have to wear Bucky's outfit. <laughs> kind oh, of, God. Kind of I, a poor sartorial I, choice. Oh boy. I'm not a good choice for cap either. Yeah. So. <laughs> Well, you know, but let's let's not bother. It is what it is. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So. So. All right. Well, for Geek History of Time, I'm Damien Harmony. And I'm Ed Blaylock. And until next time, keep punching Nazis.